بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره We discussed the issue of suffering and now because this is our last session on suffering I want to make some final remarks but first of all I should finish the last point that I was discussing in the third session as you remember we discussed different rewards different gifts that Allah gives to the people who are patient and one of them which is mentioned in the Quran and you are all familiar with this is the verse about us being tested with different things like fear like losing lives and fruits of lives and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that he says وَبَشِّرَ الصَّادِرِينَ if you remember we recited this verse 155 of Surah Baqarah وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَالنَّقْسٍ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ Allah says we will certainly test you of course to test doesn't mean that he is causing these issues to us the test is to register your behavior your response when something happens to you maybe that happens to you by, by what you have done yourself by what other people have done to you it doesn't mean that necessarily the one who is testing you is doing this to you. I think I gave you the example of a driving instructor who tests you when a careless driver comes, you know, out of a sudden from a side road. So he hasn't planned that. That was the carelessness of that driver, but still he can test you and examine you and if you uh, show proper response he can say okay you have passed the test then Allah says who are these sabirin he says alladheena idha asabathum musibah qalu inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un these are the people that when calamities befall on them happen to them they say that we belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are returning to him so we are like a passenger <coughs> but this journey for uh, for this passenger uh, starts with the creation it's not like you know for example before this journey you had something you were given everything at the beginning of this journey by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then with everything that you have you go back to him so we are a passenger in its real full sense a passenger that whose life and existence start with his journey and then he would go back to his creator and originator and then they say that we are only returning to you it's not that we only we return to Allah and to other people Ilayhe is brought earlier before Raja'un to show that we only go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are not going back to any uh, other person or any other uh, destination 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 157, this is a very beautiful verse, uh, I hope inshallah uh, you listen carefully to this point. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ These are the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has salutations from himself for them. عَلَيْهِمْ Upon them are salawat, salutations. And this is coming from the Lord, من ربهم. Inshallah, I will explain this shortly. وَرَحْمَةٌ And they see, receive rahma from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُحْتَدُونَ And these are the people who are guided. This is very powerful statement. It means that a sign of being guided is to be able to show proper response when you suffer. If you suffer and then you lose your Iman or you lose your concentration, you give up, you surrender yourself, you lose your integrity, this shows that there is a problem in guidance. So say, أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُحْتَدُونَ So these are the people upon whom are salutations from their Lord and mercy, and these are the people who are guided. Now, we have something similar to this in Ziyarat Ashura. And I want to make especially this point today to remember Imam Hussein salam and the tragedy of Karbala as a very good example of being faced with calamities but remaining patient. Indeed, Imam Hussein salam himself, before leaving Mecca in a khutbah, said that Nahno nasbaru ala bala'ih. We are going to be patient with respect to the tests and trials coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he would give us the reward of the patient. Everything that we have mentioned so far, especially if you remember, we said Allah says, They will be given reward without measure. And also here he says they will receive salutations and mercy. Now, if you reflect on Ziyarat Ashura, you find some beautiful uh, point. In Ziyarat Ashura, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us right away when we are mourning for Imam Hussein, few things. Allahumma inni as'aluka an taj'alani fi maqami hadha mimman tanaluhu minka salawatun wa rahmatun wa maghfirah. I'm sure many many times you have read and reflected this on this sentence. I ask you, O oh Allah, to give me fi maqami hadha, in this position, in this situation, means right now what I want you to give me I want you to include me among the people that receive salutations from you receive rahma and mercy from you and receive forgiveness from you and taj'alani fi maqami hadha you see, that is very similar to what we have in the verse 157 of chapter Baqarah for the patient, for Sadr. Because when you 
mourn for Imam Hussein alayhi salam. You are mourning for a person who suffered but remained patient. And then in this process of mourning for Imam Hussein alayhi salam, you reach the point that you yourself also will be suffering. Because you have also gone through tragedy because of the love that you have with for Imam and the unity that you establish with the Imam on intellectual and also emotional levels both then anything that happened to Imam which was painful would be also painful to you so this is why you actually cry and mourn because you feel that this is your musibah if imam has lost his children this is your musibah if imam's companions were killed this is your suffering if the family of imam salam were mistreated this is your musibah and if imam was killed definitely this is your musibah because you have lost your imam so our attitude towards the majalis of Imam Hussein should not be like a person who goes to a funeral session to offer his condolences to his friend. If someone has lost his father, for example, we feel sad and we go to majalis and we say, you know, our condolences to that person. No, our situation here is very much different. When we go to Majalis of Imam Hussein, it's like going to Majalis for your own father, for your own child, for your own brother and sister. So those who are there are like your brothers and sisters when you have organized a Majalis for your father. So the Musiba becomes your Musiba. The suffering becomes your suffering. And because everyone, depending on how much he has suffered, depending on how great was his or her suffering would be rewarded, here we expect from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the greatest reward. In another passage in Ziyarat Ashura, we say, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yu'tiyani bi musabi bikum I ask Allah to give me because of my suffering, because of the loss that I've been through by losing you, the greatest thing that he gives to any person who has suffered. Why? Because my musiba was the greatest musiba. So, this is a very important uh, achievement of those who truly mourn for Imam Hussain that by joining Imam in his suffering, by sharing Imam in his suffering, then what Allah gives to Imam and those who were present on the day of Ashura will inshallah also give to you and among them is salawatun wa rahmatun wa maghfirah because you would be treated like them you would be treated as the people who have been patient so you can be given the reward of the patience rahma salawat and maghfirah now what does salawat mean here Sometimes, you know, we human beings send salutations to each other. This can be a formal, official greeting. But when Allah sends salutations, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving light to someone. is taking him towards further light. Or he's moving him from darkness to the light. In the Quran, in Surah Ahzab, we have this ayah. 
If you go to Surah Ahzab, which is chapter 33, verse 43, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He is the one who sends his salutations to you along with his angels so it means that both Allah and the angels send salutations to you why what is going to do this with you to take you from darknesses to light journey from darknesses to light this is the journey of every person is getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah said to Prophet Musa take your people from darknesses to light Allah says about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that That this is the messenger that reads for you the signs, the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ayat. Why? To take you from darknesses to light. Allah says about mu'mineen that Allah So the whole process of being guided, getting closer to Allah is a transition from that amount of light that you have to a stronger amount of light so going from relative darkness to further light when you are receiving salutations from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the time that you are being promoted Allah says he is sending salutations to you along with his angels to take you from darknesses to light so it means that it is working. Anything that you do, you do it in order to be taken towards more light. And this is the power of patience. This is the power of suffering and remaining intact. That you will be moved towards light. As you see, Zulumat is plural darknesses but nur is single singular why because we have only one source of light but we have many different sources for darkness love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closeness to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being pious being moral being virtuous all come together but for those who miss this there are many, many different possibilities. You know, if you want to go from one place to another place, then there is only one direction, which is the best and shortest direction. If you want to go from point A to point B, there is only one direction, which is the best. But if you don't want to go from A to B, if you are supposed to be misguided and go astray, there are hundreds of different directions that you can take so that you don't go from A to B. So to be misguided, to go astray can be for many different reasons. It can be for, for example, love for money. It can be love, excessive love for position, for fame, many, many different things. It can be because of carelessness for many things. But if you want to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is a nur, then there is only one way. And Allah is very kind, very merciful with respect to the believers. Our ulama 
based on some hadith have said that Allah has two types of Rahmah. The Rahmah which is inclusive, embraces everyone and everything. This is called Ar-Rahmah al am general Rahmah. This is the Rahmah which can be understood from Rahman. But in addition to that, on top of that, Allah has Rahmah which is specific. And that is Rahimiyyah. And that is given to people based on the merits that they have. The first type of Rahmah is given to mu'min, kafir, human beings, animals, plants, everything. But Rahimiyyah is for the people who have qualified themselves for that. Like mu'mineen. So, one of the things that the Rahmah of Rahimiyyah does for mu'mineen is that it gives them light. It takes them from darknesses to light. This is why in Ziyarat Ashura we say, Allahumma inni as'aluka an taj'alani fi maqami hadha mimman tanaluhu minka salawatun wa rahmatun wa ma'afra. If you do mourning for Imam, azadari in a proper way, if you connect yourself to Imam and share with Imam his suffering and exercise patience, then you also receive these salawat, these packages of light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, you should feel, if not after every session of majalis, at least after 10 days of Muharram, after Arba'een, you should feel that you have been enlightened, your heart has been illuminated with the light that you have received through these salutations. Allahumma inni as'aluka an taj'alani fi maqami hadha mimman tanaluhu minka salawatun wa rahmatun. And I want to receive rahma from you. Rahma does many things with us. One of the things that Rahmah does with us is it saves us from going to wrong direction. In a series of uh, lectures on understanding God's mercy, which is also published as papers in Message of Taqalain, I have explained the functions of Rahmah. And one of the things that we find there is that Rahmah helps you to resist against temptations coming from your nafsa ammara, from the soul which commands to do bad things. In the story of Prophet Yusuf السلام, and Zulaikha, we read, وَمَا أُبَرُّ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِسُوءٌ إِلَّا مَا رَحْمَ رَبِّي Mufassirin, commentators have two views. One is that this was said by Prophet Yusuf, and some say it was said by Zulaikha. But in both cases, it is a right idea. It's a true statement. We cannot say that we are free from problems. No one should be just praising himself and approving whatever he or she says or does. I cannot say, I am clean, I am pure, I am pious, I am virtuous, I have no problem. Why? Because Because truly, human soul commands to do bad things. Except when it receives rahmah from Allah. When rahmah, when mercy from Allah comes to some soul, that soul, first of all, can control herself. The first is to prohibit your soul from doing bad things. And then to purify your soul. To do tazkiyah of the soul, so that the soul would no longer want bad things from you. You become a soul 
which is desiring only to do good things. In any case, مَا أُبَرُّ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُّوءِ إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي So, brothers and sisters, please listen carefully to this important point. If you are sabir, if you are patient, if you suffer because of illness, because of family issues, I don't know, community issues, issues about work, issues about children, for anything. If you suffer and you are patient, not only you will be taken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from darknesses to light, but also you would receive rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that in future things become easier for you. In future resistance against temptations coming from the soul would become easier. Resistance against temptations coming from shaitan would become easier. You would become a stronger person. You would become a more persistent person. This is what Rahmah does with you. And another thing that Rahmah does with you is forgiveness of your previous sins. Maghfirah. Maghfirah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is another aspect of his Rahmah of Rahimiyyah. You find in many, many places in the Quran, Ghafurun Rahim. Because his Ghafuriyah, to be most forgiving, comes from Rahimiyyah. If you are Sabir, not only you will be rewarded, not only you will be helped for future, your previous sins also will be forgiven. And this is why we ask Allah in Ziyarat Ashura, أَن تَجْعَلَنِي فِي مَقَامِ هَذَا مِمَّنْ تَنَالُهُ مِنْكَ سَلَوَاتٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَمَغْفِرَةٌ So, people unfortunately sometimes don't get it right. They think that it is just by crying that they will be uplifted and they will be given every reward and will be forgiven. It's not just by crying. This crying is the symbol, is the sign of mourning and that is suffering to the great extent and remaining patient. So you are in a, a school in which you learn virtues from Imam Hussain You learn the virtue of being patient and persistent. It means that you have a very important goal. You are ready to sacrifice everything in order to achieve that goal. And in process you will suffer a lot, but you will remain patient. This is the way that you receive the reward. The reward is the sign of passing the test of this school in which you have to learn these virtues. Okay. Now, I want to mention another point from Surah Ahzab and then I move on to uh, some hadith about um, uh, suffering. You know also this beautiful verse in Surah Ahzab about Allah sending salutations to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi Allah Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِي Allah and His angels send continuously salawat to the Prophet. If you put this verse next to the verse that I mentioned, هُوَ الَّذِي يُصَلِّ عَلَيْكُمْ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ لِيُخْرِجَكُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ You realize that because the Prophet is receiving salutations from Allah and the angels, so he is constantly being given light. Ulama say that yusalli is for present tense and in Arabic it shows continuity. It means that Allah continuously is sending salutations to the Prophet. 
And when someone receives salutations continuously, it means that he's continuously being given light. And this is why the Prophet was himself Siraj Munir. He himself was giving light to everyone because he was being charged, being pumped with light. Then Allah says, you should also send salutations to him. If you send salutations to the Prophet, then what happens is that by putting yourself in harmony with Allah and the angels, then you would also receive salutations. As we have in Hadith, that whoever sends salawat to me, Allah will send salawat to himself. So by learning these things, we can easily join the Prophet, join Imam Hussain and benefit from what Allah gives them based on their level of patience. This is very important. You can aspire, you can be so ambitious to join them, not because of what you have done. You can aspire to be with them because of the unity that you establish. So you should have enough to establish unity. When you establish unity, then Allah will give you something because of them. In Ziyarat Ashura, you say, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and يُبَلِّغَنِ الْمَقَامَ الْمَحْمُودَ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ I ask Allah to enable me to reach the praised position which is for you, Al-Maqam Al-Mahmud Lakum That praise position, which is very high position, is for you. But I ask him to let me be with you because we will be resurrected as a community. We will be resurrected with our Imams, with the Prophet. So, these are the things that we have to learn how to qualify ourselves in order to be able to join them, to be united with them, to be resurrected with them, and then inshallah, if we have this amount, then we would be treated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very special way. Okay, now I want to mention some also hadith. So far, most of our discussion was based on the Quran, alhamdulillah, that is a blessing that we had to reflect on some verses of the Quran but we have also beautiful hadith that talks about the merits of patience and how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards the people who suffer for example in our hadith we have several hadith about the merits of reward or reward for the person who loses his or her child this is if you uh, inshallah look into also internet you can find this beautiful book translated into english it is called musakkinul fuad in the faqdil ahibbate wal awlad this is a book written by Shahid Sani when he lost his child and to comfort himself it is translated as heart comforter it is also available in alislam.org uh, he put this book together it has four sections one is about what Allah gives as return the second is about patience the third is about reza to be pleased with Allah's degree and the fourth is about crying and then there is a conclusion it's a very beautiful book so I am quoting some hadith from this book about the people who have suffering for example Shaykh Sadduq Rahmatullah Alayhi quotes this hadith from Imam Sadiq Alayhi Salam Waladun Wahid Yuqaddimuhu Rajul أفضل من سبعين ولد يبقون بعده يدركون القائم عليه السلام. If 
you give one child before you die. It means that you lose your child when you are alive. This is better for you than leaving behind 70 children who would join Imam Azam. You know how great it is that if you have one child serving Imam Azam. Now imagine if you have 70 children serving Imam Azam. But if this is after you die, it's not as useful for you on the Day of Judgment as when you suffer for the death of your child when you are alive. You see the comparison? You know, like a person who gives one dollar when he is alive and another person who gives one thousand dollar but he says, after I die, I make will, I make wasiya, you take one thousand dollar from me. Which one is better? For sure, if you give one dollar when you are alive, it's better than giving one thousand dollar but after you die. Because when you die, you have already lost the money. It's not difficult for you to say, do this with my money after I die. What is very important is that when you are alive and you can use that money, then you prefer to give it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You remember the story of that person who had made a will that after he dies, his store room of dates will be distributed and when people went to take the dates from the storeroom one date was found by the prophet on the ground and the prophet said if he had given himself this when he was alive was better for him than now giving these dates but after his death Another hadith is again from the same book. قال النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أشد الناس بلاء الأنبياء ثم الأولياء ثم الأمثل فالأمثل Unfortunately, there is a misconception among some people. They think the people who suffer, they must be bad people. If someone has a problem, they quickly judge and say, he must have done something bad, and this is why his child is ill or, you know, he is poor. No. Sometimes people suffer because they were careless. Or they were acting badly. Yes, this is possible. But many times people suffer, but this is not because of their own performance. This is not because of their own previous actions or decisions. This hadith is a very good hadith. It says the prophets suffered more than other people. Their calamities were greater. Ashaddun nas bala'an al-anbiya. The prophets were the greatest people in suffering. Thummal awliya, then friends of Allah. The holy, the pious people come in the second rank. Then thummal amthalu fal amthal. Whoever is closer to them, whoever resembles them the most, then he would have more suffering. So, anyone who is higher in his rank should be ready and should expect that he would have more suffering. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ma uziya nabiyun misla ma uzid. No prophet was annoyed like me. So the prophets suffer more than anyone else 
And among them, Rasulullah suffered more than any other prophet. How much Rasulullah suffered in this world? He lost his father before being born. Soon he lost his mother. He lost his grandfather. He lost his uncle who was supporting him and his beloved wife, Lady Khadija. He went to the difficulties of Sheba Abi Talib for three years. His followers were being tortured. Their property were confiscated. All the difficulties, all the problems in Mecca, in Medina, or 40 years before that when the society was a society of Jahiliyyah and Rasulullah had to go outside Mecca so that he can have a place away from the pagans for reflection. How much the Prophet suffered in Medina because of the hypocrites who wanted to assassinate him, who built Masjid al-Zarar, who were making deals with the enemies of Islam. How much Rasulullah suffered because of knowing what is going to happen to his Ahlul Bayt? So the one who was closest to Allah suffered more than anyone else. Because this is the nature of dunya. If you have heavenly quality in dunya, you would suffer. It's like when you bring a beautiful flower from a, a special climate and put it in a freezing cold weather or burning hot weather, that flower would go into difficult time because he has been suitable for another climate. A mu'min has heavenly quality. He has no worldly quality. He's not only material object. Therefore, in dunya, he would suffer. There is a beautiful hadith which says, this is from Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ad-dunya sajnul mu'min wa jannatul kafir. Dunya, with all the blessings of Allah, which is there, still for a mu'min is a prison. Because mu'min is created for heaven. But for kafir is jannah. Because kafir finds in dunya what he likes. And compared to what he is going to see, dunya is the best for him. Another hadith which is also in, again, the same book, Musakkin al-Fu'ad. Please listen very carefully. It's very beautiful hadith. It says, Innal mu'min, this is from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Innal mu'min, law ya'lamu ma a'addallahu lahu ala al-bala. If a believer knows what Allah has prepared for him, because of his trials and suffering. So if you could see the reward that Allah is going to give you when you are patient, when you suffer. If Mu'min knew that, لَتَمَنَّ أَنَّهُ فِي دَارِ الدُّنْيَا قُرِضَ بِالْمَقَارِيضِ He would have wished that he was put into pieces by Caesars. Imagine how painful it is that if someone takes Caesar and cuts part of your body. It's very painful. It may even make you unconscious. But when you see what Allah gives you for your suffering, you say, I wish I had suffered more. I wish someone was torturing me in dunya. I wish someone was making me into pieces by Caesar. 
because then I would be here the richest person. I would be here in the highest position. In another book, there is a hadith which, which says that if Mu'min on the Day of Judgment sees uh, what Allah gives him for du'as which were not answered in dunya, when Mu'min sees what Allah gives him for the du'as which were not answered, he says, I wish none of my du'as were answered. You can ask something from Allah and be given in dunya, but you can also be given something instead of that in akhirah. Now it, when we are in dunya, we want everything to be given answer in dunya. But when you go to akhirah and you see what Allah gives you instead of du'as which were not answered, you say, oh my God, I have lost a lot when I prayed and I was given. I wish I had prayed and I was not given. So they were saved for me for this time. There is another hadith which says, this is from Abu Zar, quoting from Rasulullah, that Mamin Muslimain there is no husband and wife that lose three of their children before they die. So if parents lose three children who lam yablughul hanth they have not yet committed sin, means they have not become mature. So imagine you have three children, they die because of illness or accident. So you haven't done anything special. It's not that you have volunteered this. You have given them, you know, for the sake of Allah. No, because of illness, because of accident, you have lost three children. Allah is so kind. That he says, because of this suffering, because of this pain, I would make you able to let to enter heaven. Abu Zar says that Rasulullah said, "Ma min Muslimain yuqaddima alayhim thalathata awladin lam yablugh alhind illa adkhalhum Allah aljannah bifadl rahmat." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will enter them into heaven because of his great mercy so this is the power of suffering there is another hadith because our time is finishing uh, i mentioned this hadith and that will be my last hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said sometimes a person is supposed to reach a very high position. إِنَّ الْعَبْدِ إِذَا سَبَقَتْ لَهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مَنْزَلَةٌ In Allah's knowledge it is registered that this person can reach this position. وَلَمْ يَبْلُغُهَا بَعَمَلٍ but his actions or her actions would not be enough to elevate him to that high position. Then he would be tested and tried in his body or money or children. Then, by being patient, he would reach that position that was not able to reach through his actions. So, prayer, fasting, zakat were not enough. But suffering was enough to elevate him to that position. Of course, to be able to benefit from that patience, 
You need to be mu'min, you need to be a pious person. You need salat, you need fasting, you need zakat. But what I'm saying that in the end of the day, a pious mu'min would realize that what he has been given because of his suffering was more than what he has been given because of other things. Okay, I want to stop here because our time is over and also we might have some questions. So basically what I tried to say in these four sessions was to give you a Quranic outlook to the nature of human life. How human life in this world is naturally subject to difficulties, shortcomings, problems, limitations, restrictions, conflicts. But we can gain a lot from this if we connect ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if we use all these difficulties in order to achieve the great virtue of sabr, patience. If you achieve patience, then you see that everything that looked unpleasant then would work in your favor would become an opportunity for you to raise the bars and to establish yourself among the true and close servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, I stop here. If you have any questions, you can you know, send me the questions. Uh, you can use quranstudy.com slash ask. You can type your questions or uh, right there you can, you know, um, mention your questions. Thank you very much for your attention. May Allah be with you and your family and support, inshallah, the community. I just want to remind you for 10 feet and the Salam Salam alaikum wa Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, 
Prophet Ayyub is a very important personality when you discuss about patience, and I think we mentioned also this in previous session. And his story is also mentioned in the Bible. Uh, we read also in the Bible that some people used to actually blame him. When they saw he is suffering, they were saying that you must have done something bad, that you are suffering. But we know that he was a prophet, he was masoon, he was infallible, he didn't do anything bad. That was a test. And he was so patient that he has become an example for patience. You know, we say Sabra Ayyub, the patience of Ayyub. So, sometimes, either because of natural order of the world, because we know that this world is very beautiful, this world is very uh, sophisticated in its order, but it is not perfect. You cannot have perfection in the world of physics. For example, you become ill, you become old and weak. When you have accident, you will you will get uh, you get injured or killed. So sometimes because of the natural order you suffer, sometimes because of bad behavior of other people, or sometimes even shaitan can cause problems. Masaniya shaitan binusbin wa'adab. Shaitan cannot take away your iman, but shaitan can create problems. Shaitan can bring some temptations to you or can even bring some illness to you. So Prophet Ayyub suffered in different ways, illness, losing children, and other issues, but it was not because he was a bad person. No, indeed, he was a very good person. This was a test, and after passing this test, he was elevated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and as I said, he became an example for the people who want to be sabr. Alaikum as-salam. Um, so how can we increase our level of patience so we can uh, these calamities that we receive more bearable for us? Yeah. Yeah, this is a very good question. One way of increasing our patience is to reflect on what we said about the nature of this world. You know, if you go to a place and you expect that place to be heaven, then even the slightest problem will annoy you. you know, for example, if you are going to Hajj, and you go with the expectation that you would have no problem at all, then you would be very much you know, surprised that there are many problems. But if you go there, people tell you in advance that you are going to have lots of problems in transportation, in, I don't know, immigration, in, uh, because of the crowd. So you would have lots of problems. If you know that and you go there while you are prepared, then it would be much easier for you to cope with the problems. So one thing that we have to learn is that this dunya is not free from problems. And don't think any person is there who is not suffering. Sometimes, you know, we think that we are the only people who suffer and everyone is enjoying himself or herself. No, everyone has problems, but sometimes we don't know of the problems of other people. So one point is to reflect on this. The second point is that when I have a problem, I can let this problem to catch all my energy and attention and make me unable to do anything or I can face this problem and take it into my advantage, take it into my benefit. I can benefit from this problem by working harder and by learning how to overcome. If you have a disability, for example, you can say, okay, this is the end of the world. I cannot do anything. I have to, you know, just sit at home and do nothing. Or you can learn how to overcome this problem and continue your life and for sure you would be a stronger person. 
And another thing is to reflect on the great reward that Allah gives to the suffering. Another thing is to learn how to divert your attention to the things which are useful and not just painful. How to be able to read and study despite having problems. You know, I can be seriously ill, but I have to learn how to focus on my study, how to focus on my family life. These are techniques that we need to learn, and it's not very difficult if we continue in a persistent way to exercise, you know, for example, to learn how to concentrate. You can have a problem and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, think about it, or you can have a problem and you give attention to it, but at the same time you save your time and energy for other issues which are more important. Is there any other question? You are welcome. Thank you. Inshallah. 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 Inshall